you know, it was interesting because um, I initially, I mentioned this in the last episode, but I initially started, you know, looking for ways to kind of help myself feel better. Um, you know, like as, you know, recovering from like my eating disorder, I was like, okay, well, what kind of foods can I eat? Like what nutrients do they have that I might be missing? And like, those are the symptoms that I'm having, right? Like, so like if I wasn't sleeping well, if I had a lot of anxiety, like I'd reach for foods that were higher in magnesium, things like that. So I just got very fascinated by the, by the mineral aspect because vitamins, it's not that they interact that differently, but minerals essentially are a little more complicated, I guess you could say. And as I was also working with other clients, I, I realized that hormonal issues were not the root cause to a lot of people's problems. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com, but for now, here is today's episode. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. And we're switching it up a little bit today. This is the first time we are doing what we're about to do, and we're going over live lab results. And there's two ways to consume this episode. You can listen on the audio, and I don't think it would be a problem at all. I think you would be able to get the bulk of the information that you need. But in addition, if you're listening to this right now, it also mean <clears throat> excuse me, it also means that the YouTube version of this is out, and we are doing a live video screen share where we're actually seeing the lab results as well. Now, I am doing this, full disclosure, to bring more attention to our YouTube because we've done audio for about two years now. We've had a lot of success here. We're very blessed. But we just started posting on YouTube somewhat recently. And when you do that, you're basically starting from... I mean, square one. It's basically square one for us. And I don't even think I've mentioned on here that we're doing it on YouTube. So you guys do have the ability to watch some of these episodes on YouTube. We're stacking them up as we go. There are three releases a week on there. Uh, just to be clear, that's not any additional episodes. It's just to make up for lost time because we release two here every week. And we need to catch up to where we're at um, on the YouTube page, so we're doing three releases a week there, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And again, if you're listening to this one right now, then that means we have the video up and you can check the lab results when that part of the podcast comes up. And it's only about yeah, 17 minutes into the recording itself, so probably about 20, 21 minutes on this particular audio. So no need to go do it right now, but if you want to do it, you have that ability and I will have the YouTube link in the show notes for you guys. But we're talking to Barbara Matamenos. She is someone who's been on before if you're a longtime listener. She was on back in uh, January 4th of 2022. She was the first episode of the year actually, where we talked about the things that she struggled with health-wise, which was missing periods, anorexia, and osteoporosis. If you want to hear her story, Again, check the show notes, the link will be there. But today we're bringing her on because she is pretty much 
uh, becoming an expert in HTMA, which is hair tissue mineral analysis. And I need to put one disclaimer on before we do this episode today, because I want to be able to do more episodes like this. But I know that we have a lot of people who are considering the FDN course listening to this. I know we have a lot of people who are current and active trainees listening to this. And so if me posting a podcast like this ends up leading to other problems, we're not going to be able to do it in the future. And it is really simple and really easy to avoid the problems. So let me explain what I mean. The FDN system teaches six tests in and of itself. We go over stool testing, we go over hormone testing, mucosal barrier assessments, basically a leaky gut test more or less, a metabolic wellness panel, um, the metabolic typing diet in and of itself, and then which one am I missing here? Oh, food sensitivities, of course. So we test for those six things. You have access to over 60 labs and counting once you graduate. If you want to utilize some of those additional labs, whether because whether it's because you think you're just interested in it, or maybe one of those tests ends up being something that really helps you and you have, it has a special place in your heart, all of that's fine. But what we are asking is that before you start going out and trying to use those tests, focus on what you were trained in first. This system has been proven for the last, my gosh, almost what, 20-something upwards of 30-something years, because Reed was doing this for a long time before it ever became a course. Reed ran 10,000 labs, almost 11,000 labs, I believe, actually, on clients before he was teaching this to anyone else. The guy knows what he's doing. The system was created in a certain way from actual, real, lived experience. And with all due respect, it comes across as a little arrogant almost when we come into the course and think that, oh, well, we'll go do it a different way and do it better. It's like, where do you have the justification to do that? Have you ran 10,000 labs? And I mean, perhaps you're the one in a million who has. Most likely, if you're coming into this course, you have not done that yet, though. And so maybe, just maybe, we should try it the FDN way before we start adding on other things. My point in saying that is, we can't be going into the FDN training group saying, oh, well, I want to get access to this test and that test, anything that I talk about on here. I'm trying to do this for you guys to keep it interesting, to keep it fresh, and to just bring on something that you might want to learn about. You might want to use this later down the road. Maybe you do want to take the advanced courses um, that, well, FDN doesn't offer any, um, an advanced HTMA test at this time, but we have a wonderful FDN graduate, Kendra Perry, who has one of the better trainings in the industry. Some consider it the best. It's pretty amazing that that's an FDN who's done that. Congrats to her. Um, and so if you want to go do that, that's fine. But I need you to be able to listen to this today if you're a trainee or someone considering the course. Think about it as being interesting, as being cool, but not something that you're going to use day one after graduating when you have zero training on it. What I want to leave you with is this before we get to the episode. The best test in the world, the most advanced technology, the best out there, is not actually the best test to the person who does not know how to analyze it. The best test with the best technology in the world is not actually the best to the person who doesn't know how to analyze it. Does that make sense? How are you helping the person if you run a really fancy, great test that you don't know how to use? So if you want to use these other tests one day, that's fine. Get the training on it. But for now, once you're starting your FDN practice or maybe working for someone else, stick to what you know. Stick to the main stuff. Utilize that and then add on as you go. 
I apologize for that long introduction, but seriously, this is such an important topic here that I had to preface it because otherwise I'm not going to be able to do this in the future. And if you guys are able to separate this stuff and it's not coming back to me that I'm introducing these tests to people who haven't gone through the FDN course fully yet, well then guess what? We're going to be able to do this all the time and I'm going to be able to talk about like 30 different things and have a really great time on this podcast over the next year. So let's learn to just balance it. Let's all be cool about it. Stick with what we know and then add on stuff that you might find interesting here as time goes on. Without further ado, let's get to today's episode. All right. Hello, Barbara. Welcome back to the Health Detective Podcast. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Barbara is one of those people that's actually been on before. If you're a longtime listener, you might remember her. Um, I actually pulled up the episode here. It was January 4th of this year, 2022, that you were released. So if you guys want to hear Barbara's full story, definitely go there. We talked about um, anorexia, missing periods, osteoporosis. It was some stuff that actually hadn't been brought up before on this show. Uh, Definitely you and I relate to the mental health side of things a lot. And I know that we went pretty deep that day into that. So if you're interested in those topics, I'd highly recommend checking that out. I will have the link to that in the show notes um, on anywhere that you're listening to this podcast. But for today, we're taking a completely separate route. I wanted to bring Barbara on because one of the things that she has really started to stand out with. And this kind of happens to all FDN practitioners, right? I feel like if I asked you what is a topic that I stand out with, people would say like, oh, the light stuff. You know, that's really my my thing. I love talking about it. And Barbara's really moved into the hormonal side and HTMA. And we're going to focus on the latter today. And I'm sure they're actually quite interconnected with how you use the HTMA. So let's just start with the basics and bring someone right through it. What does HTA, uh, HTMA stand for? And what are we looking at when we run this test with someone? So HTMA stands for hair tissue mineral analysis. So essentially what we do is that we take a piece of your hair um, that is close to the root. It's an average or like an accumulation or like a reflection, I guess I should say, of the past three to four months of your of your health, I guess you could say. What we analyze are minerals and we also analyze heavy metals. Okay. Very cool. I actually ran this for the first time. It's something that we have access to as FDN practitioners. I think I'll put this in the intro as well, but one thing I should preface just so people hear it again, this is not something that we teach in the main FDN course. And so sometimes I'm like hesitant. I'm like, do I bring people on to talk about these things? But I feel like people just have to learn to think critically. Like we have the main FDN course. It works very well. And 80% of the time, that's going to be all you need for most clients if you're actually doing it. However, there's a reason that we have access to over 60 labs and counting as FDNs. It's because some people want to maybe switch things up or they want to specialize in a certain way, not like a doctor would necessarily, but specialize in a certain topic like this. Or maybe they have a personal story where that test really helped them. And that's something now they want to use. So I ran this test myself um, just a few months back, and I'll explain why I did that later. But I was pretty fascinated by some of the things that I found. How did you get into this? Like, what was the appeal to you since it's not something that's actually taught in the main FDN course? So, you know, it was interesting because um, I initially, I mentioned this in the last episode, but I initially started, you know, looking for ways to kind of help myself feel better. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like as, you know, recovering from like my eating disorder, I was like, okay, well, what kind of foods can I eat? Like what nutrients do they have that I might be missing? And like, those are the symptoms that I'm having, right? Like, so like if I wasn't sleeping well, if I have a lot of anxiety, like I'd reach for foods that were higher in magnesium, things like that. So hmm. I just got very fascinated by the, by the mineral aspect because vitamins 
it's not that they interact that differently, but minerals essentially are a little more complicated, I guess you could say. And as I was also working with other clients, I, I realized that hormonal issues were not the root cause to a lot of people's problems. Usually there is a reason why you have a hormonal issue, right? Hmm. So I tried to work backwards. I was like, okay, well, what synthesizes a hormone and like what creates an enzymatic reaction and like what does this and you know once you go down the rabbit hole and you work backwards because I think instead of working forward you have to work backwards to find the root cause to something I ended up with minerals and I just found it really fascinating how it's not so much that you might be missing minerals but it's that you might have an imbalance of minerals and how your body is either burning through them or using them or um how maybe your body's just not, um, you're, it's not absorbing them adequately and so forth. Sure. Okay. And it's an important topic to bring up because I mean, you really can't get into our world as FDNs without hearing about this. Eventually, uh, we're really fortunate by coincidence and a well-known FDN, her name's Kendra Perry. She actually has one of the best courses out there on HTMA. I mean, people love this thing. And it was cool because she had a very important role in FDN at one point too. If I'm not mistaken, I think she's even on our advisory board still. So it she knew how to integrate this perfectly with our system and what we're doing here. Um, I want to backtrack for a second because I forgot I should have asked something obvious. I'm not expecting you to recite every little marker on HTMA, but when we are speaking about the HTMA test, I feel like you probably just use one or two tests, maybe tops. So what test are you primarily using? Like which lab and what markers are you looking at? And again, we can just go over the main ones if you want. I'm not expecting us to go over every single one. So I use TEI, um, I trace elements, uh, which is the one that I use just because I find that they have like a broader variety and I like the way that they uh, break up the uh, the systems and how to look at it. I think it's easier on the eyes as well. Um, and I also, if I'm not mistaken, I think, um, you know, it's just a bit cheaper for clients. So I just work with them that way. But in terms of the ratio, the ratios, I mean, in terms of like what I look at, I mean, you do have to technically look at the whole thing because everything means something. But when you're first, when you're doing a first analysis, I usually just tell clients, let's work first on the basics, like the foundations, right? Because you can't have the foundations and then expect everything to work, right? And that's with like any test, that's with like any protocol, right? So I typically look at your four main electrolytes. Some people like to also call, uh, look at the five. So your calcium, magnesium, your potassium, your sodium, and your phosphorus. Okay, cool. Um, so what I want to do actually is we will bring up my test results um, soon and kind of go over those four or five main things as well as some other stuff. But I've heard this before too. And this, I, I'm not an expert on it despite having ran it. I ran it on myself. So that's perfectly okay as an FDN. You can run anything on yourself if you're not an expert and learn that way. I wouldn't necessarily use this with an abundance of clients, like personally, because I don't know enough about it. But I've heard over and over and over again, this idea that these four main markers or five main markers in this case um, are some of the most important, despite everything having to be looked at. So what are some of the main reasons that those are considered to be like kind of the big guns, like they are really the important things? So I think they're the, they're the main found, like they're the main macro minerals, I guess you could say that the main minerals essentially that can influence other minerals, right? So okay. if you, and they also can represent main body systems. So like if you were to look at 
because we also look at your minerals in a ratio sequence. So mm -hmm. your calcium, yes, represents many things, you know, such as, um, you know, your oxidation rate and, you know, the calcium that could put potentially be coming out of your bones if you have like a very high marker. But if you were to look at your calcium to magnesium ratio, we would also recognize it as the blood sugar ratio. Or if you were to look at your calcium to potassium ratio, we would recognize that as your thyroid ratio or your um, sodium to magnesium ratio. That's your adrenal ratio. So like there's systems that we could also kind of peek through in with these main minerals. Cool. What were you, I mean, if I may ask, I feel like you've shared similar things before, so I hope this is okay. What were you finding on your test when you ran this after having dealt with what you dealt with? Because I feel like, I mean, just knowing the conditions, if we're not eating enough, um, if we have osteoporosis, I mean, that in and of itself is already implying certain things that would show up on the test. So were you surprised by what you found? Like what were some of the main things that were on there once you ran the test? So interestingly enough, I didn't run a hair test while I was recovering, but I ran a hair test. I ran my first hair test um, when I would have considered myself a little more stable with my, from my eating disorder. But I think my body was still under so much stress that I was experiencing more of a burnout than anything else. And when I ran my first hair test, I was like a mess. <laughs> um, my calcium was through the roof. So it, it, was connected obviously to my osteoporosis. Like I wasn't retaining calcium adequately. Right. Um, you know, my sodium was ridiculously low and my potassium was also leaving my tissues. So you, which we would also consider more of like a trauma ratio, um, when you're looking at your sodium to potassium ratio. Um, hmm. so it, I wasn't surprised, but I was like, wow, I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> okay. I think that's how it can be sometimes in our work, right? I, especially the better that we get, we can, it's not that we're able to predict it perfectly. That's why we test. We're not able to do that, but we can get a little more educated and you're like, oh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be this way. And then, yeah, once you see it, it, there's always a different experience from the guests versus, okay, these are the objective results that I just received back from this test. This is actually what's happening in the body. This is what I need to go do. This is also a test that and maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself now because I know that I would like people to stick within the main FDN system first before trying to do stuff like this. However, um, I know a lot of people use this test as a standalone or an entryway into the actual bigger tests. Like Kendra, if I'm not mistaken, almost teaches this as something, hey, you can use this as a standalone because it's a cheap test and it's very effective. Are you using that at all sometimes? Like, are you using this as a standalone test with clients or have you at least in the past? Yeah, I, it's the one test that I run on every single client that comes to me, like no matter what they're dealing with. Um, I find that I could get a really good idea on as to how their body's reacting. And also like the, this is going to sound a bit woo woo, but also like the energetics of the individual. I find that when you peek into their oxidation rate, like whether they're a slow or a fast oxidizer, you can tell a bit, um, you know, at which state, like which state of stress they're in and also how they're living their life in terms of like their personality. So, because I mean, minerals do influence our personality to a certain degree as well. So um, yeah, I use the HME as a standalone. And if I feel like we need to do further investigation, then yeah, I'll run a GI map test. Maybe I'll run um, a saliva test, you know, for hormones. But what's, I find that the more I work with clients, the more I can pick up on their symptoms and just, I'm able to, 
pick things up a bit easier, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's fair to say, I think people that are listening and maybe they're trainees or brand new, right? That might contradict stuff that they're learning. Okay. Let's also consider the fact that certain people have been doing this for many, many years, right? If you are working with a certain type of client, attracting a certain type of person, and you're feeling that you are getting good results, I mean, the results don't lie. So if people are getting objectively good results with you and you're doing it a slightly different way, I don't think anyone's arguing that, right? But if you are a trainee listening, just keep in mind, don't fix what isn't broken. Do the system first, learn that, and then refine it in some way that might work for your specific practice, since you can run this in any way that you want um, better for you. But at the, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Like if you haven't even started yet, don't be trying to do different things because we have practitioners that um, the one Brendan guy, right? I mean, he runs like the organic acids test on everyone. There's plenty of FDN practitioners that will never do that, and it works out just fine. So it's cool to find something that works for you as well. I just want to put that disclaimer on, so because I know a lot of trainees listen, so you'll get why I'm I'm saying that. What I'm curious though about is too, are you especially since you are using this so often as a standalone? Kendra had always talked about this as like, hey, you can really get people feeling a lot better fairly quickly compared to some other things by doing this test. Um, I know that it'd be maybe hard to quantify the exact percentage, but in general, are you finding that to be accurate? Are you saying most people would, hey, they can run the HTMA, they could get the according supplements for it, and they actually are feeling at least somewhat better pretty quickly just from that test alone? Yeah, I would say yes. And like, I'm because it's so universally applied, you know, like, because minerals run everything, essentially, there, it doesn't just correlate to your energy levels or um, heavy metal toxicity. I mean, it, like I said, there's certain body systems that you could kind of peer into. And if you feel like you need this further investigation, you could, you know, whether it's the adrenals, the thyroid, you could even look at stomach acidity and liver function, um, you know, through a hair test. So by by, you know, really paying attention to those patterns, you could most likely help someone pretty well, you know, as long as like, you don't need to do further investigation. Right. Okay, cool. I think that's one of the, the biggest things about it is functional healthcare is not particularly cheap. That's always one of the biggest barriers. And we continue to fight for that. But as of the moment of recording this, it's not cheap. And so people need to know that it works. And you might have an incredible story or you might know them and maybe they already trust you. But if someone's just meeting you online or at the coffee shop or at a presentation that you did, this can sometimes be a great entryway uh, tool to show them, wow, this, this person knows what they're talking about because the test itself is only like a hundred something dollars. And that's with our medical director stuff, right? So it's actually even cheaper than that. The supplements are actually the most expensive part because I'm, do you use the Vicon customs? I don't. And I just, I just find that it's, it's expensive, you know? So I try my best to really work with the client, especially now, just because after, you know, what's happened in the past two years, it's just been a bit difficult, you know, for people to like pay that. Not to say that they're not to say like, I wouldn't, I don't recommend them. I, I've heard great things using those products. Um, but I just try to find different things. Um, that being said, uh, I have also, I work many jobs, but I have also started working for another company and they sell um, mineral supplements and they're actually really not that expensive. And from my understanding, the absorbility of these supplements are a little over 90% compared to other supplements. So it's interesting, you know, like I might be recommending these things soon since I just started, but no, I try to work with the client's budget and, you know, we, we work it out. Fair enough. I, 
when I ran it, I kind of knew what I was getting into with the Vicon thing. I asked, uh, it was Ryan Monahan who will be on Zoom. I asked him, I'm like, dude, what am I looking at? Like, what's it probably going to cost? And he said, it's going to most likely be this. So I just, when I bought the test, I already had all the money together. I'm just like, all right, cool. Let's do the full thing. And I will say Vicon Customs, it was amazing. For those that don't know, because I don't want to, they're like, what are you guys talking about? Vicon Customs is a company actually founded by an FDN who, what they're trying to do is basically create a way that people don't have to take a million supplements based on their HTMA results. Now, to your point, if someone's on a budget, you might be able to do this a lot cheaper by having them take the individual things. And again, depending on where they're at in their health journey, they're like, oh, okay, I can take 15 supplements for half the price or one supplement for double. Of course, I'm going to take the 15, you know, no, no big deal. Other people don't like swallowing pills. Some people forget there, there's, it really is individualized and you got to know your client. So I think there's something to what you just said. I got the bike on customs just for the sake of, I already take a bunch of stuff because I'm, you know, a health freak and I have like a natural pharmacy in my house basically that I have to throw out half the stuff every year just to recycle things. Um, but I did the bike on customs and I was amazed by how much they would fit in to just that little scoop of powder that tastes absolutely awful because it is minerals and vitamins, <laughs> but you just mix it into something. It's down in two seconds and then it's good to go. So I've liked it. I found it worked as well. And I'm already a very healthy guy. So for me to have felt immediate almost benefit from taking this supplement, I, I was pretty impressed by it. And now, because as I'm talking about myself here, I would like to bring up lab test results from myself. Barbara and I talked about this before. She agreed to do this with me. Now, she has not ever analyzed these test results in depth, to be clear. Uh, disclaimer, you have seen it in our professionals group. I know you left a nice comment for me there, so I appreciated that at the time. But it's not like you're sitting here remembering this five, six months later, I don't think. I'm, I'm guessing you don't go to bed every night thinking about Ev's HTMA results. So this is pretty much being seen for the first time with fresh eyes. And if you want to see this and you're like, how are they doing this? I'm listening to the audio. This is my way of getting you to our YouTube because we just started uploading our wonderful FDNs and other guests' faces on there. So now you will be able to check it out. So if you're listening to this, it's already on our YouTube. Search for FDN training. Um, obviously, we're going to let this audio continue to run. It's not like you have to be looking at the test, but if you want to see it, that's how we'll do it. So I will share the screen here, um, and hopefully this will work easily enough for you on your phone. Um, and let's see how it comes up for you, Barbara. Hey there, friends. It is Detective Ev popping in here really quick. Maybe you're listening to this and thinking, wow, these guys are cool. Look at them getting to analyze these labs and order them for clients. If you would like to do the same thing, then maybe you need to go through the FDN training program, huh? Go to fdntraining.com slash try FDN to try the FDN course completely for free. No credit card is uh, required. That's fdntraining.com slash try FDN. And then also my second little advertisement here for you guys, if you will. If you want to see Reed Davis and I, we will be at a conference together in October of 2022. It is, I believe, October 22nd and 23rd. Let me double check that. Yes, Saturday the 22nd and Sunday the 23rd. It's in the Miami area, and it is known as the Biohacking Congress. It's something that happens a few times a year, so it's a smaller event. But what's cool about it being a smaller event is you really get to talk to everyone. I've gotten to know these people so well. It's pretty fun. So Reed will be speaking there. He is actually the first speaker of the weekend, if I'm not mistaken. I'll be working the booth a lot. My girlfriend, Maddie, who just started the FDN course, will also be there. And my parents are even coming. They're not going to be there the whole weekend, but they'll be hanging out. You can meet a lot of people. <laughs> so I will leave some links to that in the show notes if you're interested in getting tickets for the Biohacking Congress. And if you guys can make it, we'd love to see you there. All right, now back to today's episode. Okay. Okay, so we pulled the results up and we got this sorted out. All right, so you can see the first page easy enough, and we're looking at that 
exact thing that you were talking about before, those four or five main markers. Um, on this one, it's actually more of the four, I guess, because we have the calcium, magnesium, sodium, potassium. Um, I do have the phosphorus at the end, so I don't know if you want to utilize that. But yeah, yeah um, I don't know if you want to, should I give more background on how this went or what, what do you need from me? Yeah, usually I ask people like, you know, what is the main reason of like uh, wanting to run a hair test? So like, what is your current main health concern? Sure. And if you are currently taking any supplements, because supplements could directly like could directly influence, you know, your minerals, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'll give you my short rundown. So for me, the reason I ran it, one was just the general fascination that comes as an FDN. I couldn't resist. I got, I'm like, I keep, uh, keep hearing everyone talk about this. I got to run it myself. But number two, you'll notice the date was in February, February 25th of this year. And for me, at that time of the year, I'm working in the schools, right? I'm full time in there. I do other things outside of this, of course, like the podcast, business, whatever. And it's winter. So I know you're up in Canada. I'm in Pennsylvania. I know Canada's worse, but Pennsylvania is not particularly fun in winter either. So now I'm working more than I ever do at any other time during the year. It's also miserable out. I'm getting less light. I'm not in my normal habits as much as I'd like to be. I'm traveling a lot. And so I felt the fatigue coming on and I kind of knew that I was doing most other things correctly. So I was like, all right, I might as well run this now because I heard that it can help with fatigue and stuff. And maybe I'm just not giving my body what it needs because when I am on the road, I got to be careful. I, I don't really want to get exposed to gluten and stuff. So I do end up eating a lot less. And I realized I was kind of like underfed during that time period of my life. So that's one thing that could lead to a clue for why these results came up the way that they did. Um, and I'm just, even if I'm enjoying what I'm doing, it's high stress, right? You're speaking. It's even if I love it, my heart rate is super high. I mean, it is a stressful thing. Your adrenaline's going. And so that was the context. I was feeling some fatigue. I was feeling a little run down. I had reasons that it was kind of obvious, but I figured I'd still run the test to see what came up. And some things did come up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's it's interesting that you were saying that you had a bit of fatigue because you have a couple of minerals that are, are on the lower side. So it makes mm -hmm. sense. Um, you know, you were probably just using them quicker, using them up quicker than, you know, you were maybe used to. Um, but to start off, I mean, usually the first thing that we that we look at is like your calcium to phosphorus ratio, which like represents like your oxidation rate. And here we're mm -hmm. seeing that you were a slow oxidizer because your calcium is higher to your phosphorus ratio, right? right. Um, so typically that just means that your body is a bit slower in using the energy that you have. Um, even though you might have like energy stored, it's just a bit more sluggish in using it. And that's why you might be feeling a little more tired. Um, we would also call like a higher, I mean, on, honestly, your, I, your calcium is not extremely high. I've seen like 400 before. So, oh, but geez. we would typically call it like a calcium shell. Um, I think your calcium is just trending a bit high, maybe because like your sodium is a bit high, um, because they, they kind of play like a role, like where if it, they antagonize each other. Um, same thing with magnesium, they antagonize each other. So um, what I would say is, sorry, they don't antagonize each other. I mean, calcium could just be trending high because your potassium might be a bit low um, because they antagonize each other. So if one goes up, one goes down, you know, it's kind of like a seesaw. Mm -hmm. um, okay. But typically, you know, if someone has a higher calcium level than what they're supposed to, I just tell people, get on like a K2 supplement so you could be able to kind of direct the calcium 
properly to the bones rather than to tissues because you could overcalcify. You know, um, and then I look to the ratios of like how calcium is related to like other minerals. Like, so you have your calcium to magnesium ratio and you have your calcium to potassium ratio. So you see at the bottom there, your calcium to magnesium ratio is low. So that could signal like low blood sugar. So maybe you were feeling fatigued a little more quicker throughout the day. Um, you know, maybe you were burning through like your, your, the energy in which your food was providing you a bit too fast to sustain you. And then your calcium to uh, potassium ratio was really high. So this could signal that your cells are not sensitized to thyroid hormone um, because the calcium is essentially blocking potassium to um, help the thyroid hormone to actually enter the cell and utilize it appropriately. Hmm. Wow. Cool. And for those that um, watching on the video, I scrolled to the bottom because that's where it's actually showing you the ratios already. It does it for you. And I think this is where you could see a really interesting picture because on the people that I've seen share HTMA test results, uh, Barbara, like in our group, honestly, yeah. my top page looks better than like 99% of them. So that's great. But then when you go to the bottom, I mean, everything in our world is still relative. That's like one of the things we're trained in. And that's where it becomes kind of obvious. You can see, even though a lot of this stuff is either ideal or not particularly far from ideal, com again, compared to most people that run these tests. When you look at my ratios, you can see, wow, like this right here. I mean, I don't need to be an expert on this to know, okay, this is clearly high. This is high. That's low. And that's, you know, kind of maybe in the middle. And that's definitely ideal, obviously. So then you could see why someone might be presenting with the symptoms, because even though the levels might be okay in and of themselves, the ratios matter a lot in this test, don't they? That's right. All right, I want to um, move to the, well, I'll jump around and then we might go back to the top, but I wanted to move to the toxic metals thing because I feel like anyone that sees this online is going to be like, wait a second, you had toxic metals. Um, how common is it when you're utilizing these tests to see some level of metals in the person's hair? I mean, is there ever a time that you're not seeing metals? I mean, it's pretty rare. <laughs> I mean, okay. I think everyone has like a, has a bit of toxic metals in them. It's just the world that we live in as well. Um, depending, you know, like what kind of water you're drinking, you know, what kind of food you're eating. And it's not to say that even if you eat organic, that you're not going to find metals in your food. Um, you know, there's levels of metals in chocolate. There's level of metals in rice. There's level, like, you know, I think cadmium is found in cocoa and like arsenic is found in rice, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, you could find all kinds of things in, you know, water, especially if you drink tap water or well water. Um, you know, you could even find things in pharmaceuticals. Uh, you could find things in hair dye if you're somebody who is dyeing their hair or tattoos. Like it, there's so many things. So what I typically tell people is, you know, what you could, I mean, as long, so as long as, you know, we see that your toxic metals don't eventually, um, become worse or like they're hindering you. I don't think there's anything necessarily like to freak out about and think, oh my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's just, okay, first of all, are they stuck in your tissues? Like, let's do a couple of retests, like t retest two, three, or four. Cause we, you have to run a hair test a couple of times, you know, to see how you're progressing. Mm -hmm. Um, is it coming out of the tissues? Um, are you dealing with any symptoms? Uh, and so forth. If it's just a matter of it being environmental, I usually tell people you could just maybe take a supplement that's going to help 
remove them out of the system because you're constantly exposed, you know, such as like maybe chlorophyll or like a fulvic or humic acid supplement or something like that. Very cool. I, what's really interesting about this toxic metals part to me is cadmium. Yes, you're absolutely right. It's super common in chocolate. In fact, if you buy certain chocolates, there'll be a warning on the back that like the state in the US, at least the state of California recognizes that there is you know, cancerous products in this and it's referring to cadmium. Now, I am a chocoholic. I am the reason they invented the word. And that really got a lot worse over the last two years, totally not correlated with the pandemic and life stress. But what's interesting, Barbara, is that you would think then my cadmium would be super high because this chocoholic thing really came to fruition in the last two years. That's when it got really bad. And yet here it is very low. Now, over the last two years, I had been more involved in ketosis, uh, longer fast, prolonged fast, and yet it's really low. So I'm almost thinking I really wish I had an HTMA test from the beginning of my FDN journey because I'm kind of sitting here wondering if this is that low and I'm obviously getting constant exposure to it, it almost seems like that was getting kicked out. So if these are still present, I would find it really hard to believe I'm getting exposed to these things more than the cadmium, knowing my diet. And it's making me wonder, well, were those just extraordinarily high at one point? And now I have been clearing that out progressively. It'll be fascinating to see what a retest of this will show. Um, I'm almost done my Vicon supplements. And then I'll retest. Do you, do you retest as soon as you're done the supplements or is there a, a period of time that you wait after supplementing? I retest usually every three to four months. Oh, regardless um, of where they're at. Yeah, exactly. To kind of like see the progression. I mean, and it also depends it, because not everyone's hair grows as quickly. So mm -hmm. I've noticed that like my hair does not grow within three months. My, my hair will grow like it may be every Five, maybe five months. So, okay. I mean, my protocols are typically four months. So I will typically retest every four to five months with people. Got it. All right. So I'm do one then. I feel like this is a great excuse to go spend more money on lab tests. Thank you so much. That's all the justification <laughs> I need. All right. Moving on to um, additional minerals then. This is the part that, I mean, I'm relatively ignorant on most of it. Additional minerals is by far my worst section. So what what's going on over here? What does this mean? And what are the implications to someone's health or even just my case with what I presented to you with kind of the fatigue and burnout? So, I mean, the fact that like your cobalt is really low could sometimes signal like low stomach acidity, um, you know, or like a poor methylization or absorption of like methylide, methylized B vitamins, you know, like hmm. B12 or B9 or even like B6 or things like that. So, if you have low stomach acidity, that makes sense because if you're like if because if you're stressed, your body, you know, does produce less stomach acid because it just wants to put more energy into more important things, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if at the time when you did this test, you were having trouble, a bit of like digestion, or maybe you know you were bloated or anything like that. Um, co like low cobalt could even potentially be a sign of H. pylori because it's so connected to. Uh, stomach acidity. I don't jump to it that quickly. I just ask people like, okay, hey, like, do you have any symptoms? Like, do you want to maybe run a test, like potential a GI map, you know, to see like where you're at, depending on, you know, why they came to me for, um, you know, same thing with, do you, does ARL, do you have to ask them to check for boron or is that NA, like, does that mean that it, they didn't pick it up? I, that's a good question. I'm actually not sure. I ran the test as a standalone. I just sent it in. And so this is what they gave me. And okay. 
that that would imply to me that they are running it and maybe it's just still undetectable even if that's the case i'm not sure i will say um i because i'd like you i want to let you finish your analysis you will be shocked how spot on your cobalt thing was in a moment because i did not tell you any of that stuff so i'll I'll, we'll go back to that okay um (laughs) yeah because typically i like like i always test for boron with my clients just because it's connected it's so connected to magnesium and you need it to retain, you need boron to retain magnesium within the cell. So like if we see like high levels of magnesium, which you do have, I would have probably recommended a boron supplement. Um, It's also really handy for like arthritis and bone problems as well. um, Or any type of like inflammatory type of arthritic or bone conditions. Um, But yeah. And then there's also like the lithium, which we usually, uh, it's usually good for like your mental health. Um, so I tell people like, if you're somebody who's like a little more depressed, you know, more on the lower fatigued side, you know, your lithium levels might be, um, it might be a good idea to consider, you know, raising them. Some people don't, they, they don't like to play with lithium because, you know, they have like this, um, this misunderstanding on what it on like the benefits of it, but yours is low. And you were saying that, you know, you might feel a bit fatigued or, um, you know, you're, you were kind of like, you were, you were, you were working a lot. Right. So it makes sense that you were a bit low on it. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then the, like the molybdenum, um, more related to like your metabolism and things, we typically don't want that high at all. Um, you know, but again, you probably could have raised that a bit, maybe a bit with a supplement to help with that. Um, nickel, you know, it's interesting. Like nickel, I don't see it as an additional mineral. I see it more as a metal. So it's interesting that it's in the additional mineral section. Okay. Well, I'll go to the cobalt thing then. And thank you for this. This is analysis is awesome. The cobalt thing is fascinating because I don't even know if I shared this on this show yet. I, because it wasn't diagnostic, so I don't want to be misleading. But... I don't want to sound like a crazy person. I may have pushed the body a little too far because I really don't get that many health symptoms nowadays. And not only did the fatigue come, Barbara, but I very much suspect and have absolutely some good evidence to support the idea that I was dealing with a minor uh, stomach ulcer at the time of testing this. Now, thankfully, I got that healed up. And that's why it's even more indicative that it was a stomach ulcer because I kind of did my own thing with it. This is a personal choice. I'm not recommending that to anyone. Always go to a doctor if you suspect that you have something. But I was thinking I could maybe figure this out. And there were certain foods that were triggering it. Ginger would trigger it. Um, Chocolate was getting bad. Caffeine was getting bad. I'm not even a big caffeine drinker to begin with. But like all of these things would trigger it. I figured out what foods didn't. I ate those for a while. I did some supplements, some protocols. And sure enough, I just started introducing those foods again, and I'm having zero problem with these things. And so my point is, for those that don't know, I had a history of H. pylori. I'm sure I still either have some remnants of it or whatever. And like you said, H. pylori is highly indicated in the low stomach acidity. And I mean, I had a stomach ulcer for God's sake, which is not actually correlated with too high of stomach acid. It's because people get too low of stomach acid. And then when it hits the stomach, there's no protection. And then all of a sudden, bam, you're getting these ulcers and other damages. That is a gross oversimplification of how an ulcer is <laughs> uh, comes to be, just to be clear. So don't go to your doctor and say, oh, Detective Ebb told me this is how an ulcer starts. Um, but that's a, a basic way of explaining part of it. So that was fascinating to me that you were able to assume that without me giving any hint that that is something that I deal with, because that was everything you said was a hundred percent spot on. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. I guess I was expecting a comment from you. I didn't. I, oh, <laughs> I didn't yeah, pose a no, question to I, you at all. I just. I just you're, stopped. <laughs> you're a hundred percent right. I mean, and it's interesting because you know, like I think people, um, you know, like they don't see the like how, like just how valuable like a mineral could play a role in in something like that, or how it could actually influence it. So you're you're. I'm glad you're feeling better. <laughs> but, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. It's, it's, that it's, was a little scary. That's why it's so important to also know your your medical history. You can't just run a test and expect it to give you the answer. Like you have to know like what you were going through or what you are currently going through to be able to make the right connections because minerals could mean could could point to you to so many different directions, right? Yeah. You okay. know, like for for example, like the low lithium. I mean, some people could consider that, oh yeah, potential toxicity, but it could also be like a loss of zinc, which you know, your zinc is a tad low on your hair test, or it could be overcalcification. Well, your calcium is trending a bit mm. high, you know, like these little things like that, like you can make the right associations. Wow. Very cool. Uh, one thing to, I guess, finish up my test results here, I think people would be interested in, and I, I kind of already have the answer to this because Ryan answered it, but it'd still be cool to hear it from you. Is my iron looking low on this actually an indication that it is low, or is that something that might not be best to be judged by this specific test no i'm i iron in my opinion should be tested through a blood draw um it i mean you could you you can still use it as a reference on your hair test but i think it's always best to get like a full monty iron panel or something um you know through a blood draw to be a little more for it to be a little more accurate okay very cool i'm gonna stop sharing then so thank you very much for that um overall analysis of that it's pretty cool and for like kind of to wrap this up is we're not going to fill out the whole 50 minutes. I don't think today. I mean, this was great. It's a great overview. I think it's cool for people that either got to listen to this analysis or get to see it themselves. Um, so again, thank you for that. Just in review, who should maybe consider using this test? Because this is something that you're using on everyone. I am not suggesting for a second that brand new FDNs that don't know anything about this go and use this, but let's assume that they have the training. Do you, you believe that this is someone that should be used on just about everyone? It should be considered an essential test. Yeah, I think it should be considered an essential test. I, like I said, it's minerals run the entire body, right? So whether you're looking to help someone with anxiety, depression, hormonal issues, thyroid issues, um, you know, adrenal issues, even like digestive issues, because I mean, your enzymes and your digestive secretions are produced from minerals. There's so much value to be, to, to, to get from to use this test on your client. Okay. The one um, thing I'll finish up with, and it's kind of a challenge to this, and it's a respectful challenge, but it's more of a, and a curious one too. I have heard that the reason that this shouldn't be used maybe as an essential test um, is because it's not necessarily causal. Like this, these results that I'm getting are from other things going on in my life. I mean, we were able to even clearly correlate it with the fatigue and, or sorry, the burnout and the work schedule at that time. So. Are you making an argument that this test is a causal type of thing for symptoms or that it's just so useful? Like, I can't deny in my situation it was useful. I mean, I knew I was doing the wrong thing. There wasn't really a way to change that. I love what I'm doing. I wasn't going to stop. And so this helped me get through that. So I can't really argue that it was bad. But for me to argue that it was causal, I think in my case would be incorrect as well. So how, how do you view it in that sense? Is this like a root cause type of thing? Or is it just something that is so handy and useful that that's why you believe it should be essential? I think both. So, I mean, not everybody's 
issues are causal due to mineral imbalances, but mm -hmm. some people's causal issues are due to mineral imbalances, if that makes sense. Like if you come to me and you have, let's just, let's just talk with like about like H. pylori. Well, how did the overgrowth even come from for the first place? You were stressed, your stomach acidity was lower, you probably contracted it and, you know, or like it proliferated and you got, you got an overgrowth. Well, mm -hmm. that's because you're like, you didn't have adequate usually we say like stomach acidity is related to the zinc and sodium, um, ratio. Uh, so it's like you were probably low in zinc, you were probably not eating enough sodium. You're probably restricting it or you're overhydrating and losing a lot of minerals. It could be 10,000 things. You were stressed, whatever. H. pylori was never the root cause. It was the stress, right? But the minerals are helping you in figuring out the root cause, if that makes sense. I think, and there could be 10,000 reasons why there's, there could be, a lot of root causes to someone, to someone's ailments, right? There's never yeah. really one issue. You know, we live a life of so many stressors every single day. And I think sometimes it could be an accumulation. And I think in adopting more of a mindset where sometimes you might not ever figure out the true root cause and as to why you developed something because it just might not be there anymore and maybe it just catapulted you into a series of other different types of stressors making you more susceptible right so i would say yeah. the, i would say it could be both i will i would agree with that uh, completely i was just curious as to what your philosophy was but i mean what you just described that that's you are using this perfectly then in alignment with the FDN philosophy, because that's exactly what Reed would say, right? This is a test. It's a screening. Um, maybe we're finding the cause. Maybe we're not. It's not actually the point always. I mean, FDNs would love to find the root cause of everything, but Reed's the first to tell you it might be so complicated by the time we get a client that you're never going to figure it out. There might not even be tests that exist to see what the legitimate root cause is. What we've done with all these testings that we have and all this training is we've been able to figure out, all right, well, you don't always need to know the root cause. If you test all this stuff and then you make the according lifestyle changes and supplement protocols, you can get the person a lot better most of the time without ever needing to know, oh, it was this specific thing that happened at five years old. And that's why you're chronically ill to this day. So I think that was a great explanation. And I, I thank you for it and for coming on today. Where can people find you if they wanted to work with you or maybe have this test ran and they're like, all right, I need Barbara to analyze this thing like she just did for Ev. Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Barbara Medimenos, um, spelled B-A-R-B-A-R-A-M-A-D-I-M-E-N-O-S. I know sometimes when people hear my last name, they're just like, okay, whoa, 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 like, why don't you spell it? But uh, yeah, that's where you could find me the most. I'm the most active there. Cool. I will have that in the show notes for everyone. And so you do one-on-one -on -one clients right now. Are you doing more group stuff in the future? Like what will you, um, like what can they expect if they reach out to you? Yeah, I'm currently doing one-on-ones um, with people, and um, yeah, that's what I'm working on now. We are, we might be creating a course in the future, but we'll see. Okay. All right, Barbara, thank you so much for coming on today. Again, especially on the fly like you did, because Barbara saved the day here to come on and share her expertise with HTMA. Thanks. Have a great day. All right, guys, that'll do it for today's episode with Barbara Matamenos, where we're talking about HTMA. If you want to hear her original story, if you wanted to watch the YouTube version, or if you wanted to get tickets to the Biohacking Congress in Miami with Reed and myself, then all you got to do is head to the show notes, and I will have all of the links for you there. I am looking forward to talking to you guys again soon, though, but until then, please take care.